The sports pan lives here on ESPN UP and online with our app Tanner Hoops with you Thursday afternoon, late December. And glad that you're with us. Sports pen returning after about a week off, a little bit of a hiatus for the Christmas season. Jake Durant from CBS Marquette is in studio with us. How was your Christmas, man? Spent some time with the family? Yeah, man, it was really good. Uh, I'm from Marquette, so I didn't really have to travel like you did. But uh, yeah, I spent time with my sisters. I have an, I'm the middle child, so I have an mm. older, younger sister. And I just kind of hung out at my mom's house and uh, all my nieces and my daughter, Presley, um, got a bunch of good gifts. And yeah, we just kind of hung out, ate dinner, did the whole family thing. It was, it was nice. It was quiet. As you get older, you know, the, the, quieter, it, the quieter it is, the better. So, yeah, it was, it was fun. I tell you what, as you get older and older, yeah, I know it's cliche to say, but it's less about the gifts and more who you're spending time with. But it's so true, man. It was my first Christmas away from Iowa. And, you know, I got to go back and everything. But my first Christmas since moving away. And it felt really good to be able to see family, friends, my dogs, people I have not seen in a long time. So it felt really good to get back there for a little bit. But got back into Marquette right before midnight last night. So it's been a quick turnaround. We're right back to work making the sports pen happen. Yeah, and, uh, you know... Sports world doesn't stop. No. NBA was was center stage. You know mm-hmm. the Bucks had a good win Christmas, and and you know I was I was working as well on Christmas. So um, you know sports never stops. We got to keep going. Well, hey, how about that Christmas slate? You mentioned the Bucks get the win over the Knicks. They play them again tonight. You had Boston taking down Philadelphia in overtime. Kyrie decided to take over with forty points and ten boards. Really like to see that out of him. And then the Lakers minus LeBron for most of the game just thumped the Warriors. That comes right after Steph Curry saying that the current Golden State team could beat the 0-1 version of the Lakers. So, I don't know about that one. You might see Kevin Durant hop ship and go to L.A. now after that kind of a beating. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, a lot of lot of different things happening. I'm actually, I kind of root for Boston here. You know, I'm a Pistons fan mm-hmm. at heart, but um, kind of been rooting for Boston once Kyrie went over there. And, and uh, yeah, 40-10, I mean, he took took over that game. He has the talent to do that. And uh, you were kind of just waiting for it. But I think everyone was kind of in awe with just what he was doing. Um, but it's nothing we haven't seen before from Kyrie. I mean, the, the guy has maybe the best handles I've ever seen um, in the way he's able to finish. Um, you know, he makes easy layups look very difficult. But he does it in such a effortless way, the way he puts English on the ball and he's able to, you know, find angles, different angles and things like that. And, um, you know, it was just amazing to see. And he, he really took over that game. And um, like you said, it's kind of that Lakers-Warriors game, it was, it was kind of odd in a way just mm-hmm. because, you know, LeBron kind of went down and you're like, uh-oh. You know, this is this is not good for L.A. because if LeBron goes out, what do they have? They're a shell of themselves, obviously. He's kind of their spark. He's their confidence. Um, and then you're stuck with just that young core who has shown they can't, you know, uh, put it together consistently yet um, as they kind of develop into their own. So um, it was kind of just an odd game how LeBron went down and, and, and maybe they played a little inspired or maybe Golden State is still in that kind of mindset mm-hmm. where they're just kind of kind of cruising right now. Who knows? But, uh, yeah, and you mentioned that that, that statement by, uh, by Steph Curry. Not really great timing mm-hmm. for that statement. And I honestly think that that 0-1 Lakers team, uh, man, they would give them give them trouble, especially right now. Just the way they're playing, kind of lackadaisical, not really, you know, kind of a shell of themselves. So, um, I mean, yeah, Christmas was Christmas. The NBA always takes takes uh, center stage, and it never really disappoints. Let's think about that matchup. Should it ever happen? It's not going to happen. But if it did, who would guard Shaq? Would that be Boogie Cousins' assignment, or do you think they would try to get Draymond on him? I mean, what would you I, do? I think you'd have to throw both of them at him. Yeah. You know, uh, start with Boogie. Just try to, you know, try to hold your own against him. And a lot of people might be like, okay, Boogie Cousin, he's a big dude. He could probably, he could probably do do a decent job against Shaq. But I don't know if a lot of people kind of remember just how dominant mm-hmm. Shaq was, how quick he was for being how you know how big he was and how much weight he had on him. Um, you would have to try to get him in foul trouble. That'd kind of be the only way. Draymond would have to try to get into his head. Um, you know, a lot of teams back then really tried to you know flop a little bit and get him into early foul trouble that was basically the only way you could stop Mm -hmm. him so it would have to be a mix of you know the the 
the strength of Boogie on him, trying to push him away from the basket and, and make him make that little hook shot that he used to like to do um, and hope he didn't hit it because he didn't have the best touch around the basket, but he, he was pretty pretty decent. Um, you couldn't can't let him get to the rim and dunk it on you. And then with Draymond, you know, the trash talking, get into his head mentally and, and do your best just with the quickness, try to poke the ball away and, and try to, you know, not let him get positioned down low. It would be tough. It would be tough. I don't know if they have a, really an answer for Shaq. And then, you know, obviously you got the guys on the perimeter yep. for LA would be hard too. How about let's let's go back to Boston sports for just a little bit. I know it's hard to feel sorry for Boston area sports fans, especially coming off a World Series victory. But what do you think they're feeling right now? They've got teams with all kinds of talent with the Bruins, the Celtics, and the Patriots. And right now, all three of them are performing slightly above average. They've got some good wins, and they have some really bad losses going on with those three teams over there and what what emotions are boston sports fans feeling right now i mean first of all i want to say cry me a river if you're a boston (laughs) sports fan i have no pity i have no mercy against you um it's kind of crazy because i mean the teams are still pretty good Mm -hmm. and there's still maybe a little panic i guess you could say when you talk about these boston fans because they're not used to having kind of the unknown a little bit you see the patriots you know are they on the decline i think they're on the decline Mm -hmm. um tom brady's still playing at a high level but um they haven't been as dominant even though they still have a chance at home field and and you know they still have a, a, a run in them they're conference champions again for like the bazillionth year in a row i don't remember when the last time they weren't um and like you said like the celtics i think the high expectations in the beginning of the season with where they were at and the talent they have um you know they start a little slow but i think they're going to pull it together and i think they're going to be fine and and you know all the other teams that you talk about um the bruins as well um just another team high expectations in a city like that you got to perform and and who knows you know they they probably will pull it together i mean we could see boston win all three you know leagues Mm -hmm. who knows yeah they've got the talent to be able to do it to be able to make runs in every league and well how weird would that be if one city captures all four major sports championships hockey football basketball and baseball you think if there were ever time to do it maybe this would be the opportunity for boston i don't think they're going to they might win one more between those three teams celtics patriots and Bruins, they've already got the Red Sox. That's more than a lot of cities are able to say. How about the Pistons last night? Pick up a double-digit win over the war, uh, the Wizards. Excuse me. I know it's the Wizards, but Blake Griffin continues to do his thing. Andre Drummond, another double-double. Seems like we say that every other time we come on. And they're starting to get a few more guys contributing on the offensive end. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was a win. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they had a nice little run there in the third. Um, it was a close game up to that up to that point. Langston Galloway had himself a nice game. Yes. He came in and, and, and provided some scoring for the Pistons. Um, it was kind of concerning that they, they gave up such a big lead in that second half after mm-hmm. going on that run. They, they you know It's never easy with, with Detroit, but um, you know it was a good win. It was on the road. The Wizards were a team coming into the season that was, was looked at as one of those top-tier teams in, in the uh, Eastern Conference. Um, obviously, they've had some turmoil and haven't been playing um, up to that potential. But um, never, nevertheless, when you can go on the road and, and win a close game, um, you gotta you gotta give it to the team. Uh, you you would like to see them hold that lead there in the third. Um, I think it was like a twenty nine to two lead or something something crazy or run I should say in the, to start off that third quarter. But um, hey, a win's a win. Blake Griffin did his thing. Galloway came on, added some scoring. Drummond did his thing. So um, you just would like to see them build off of this moving forward. Jake Durant from CBS Marquette is in studio with us. Well, Jake, no Thursday night football this week, no Monday night football this week. We'll have all 32 teams in NFL action going on Sunday, and everybody is playing a divisional opponent. That's the way we're going to end the regular season, final week before the playoffs, and we've still got a lot of questions to get answered. You said earlier the Patriots still have a chance to get home field advantage they're so good at Gillette. If they make the road run through Foxborough, it's going to be almost impossible to beat them. But there's still a chance they could fall down maybe to the number three seed. I'll say this, though. We talked about our Super Bowl picks, our projections, what have you, last week. I still think it's going to be the Saints in the NFC. As long as that road runs through the Superdome, I don't know who's going to beat them. Not saying no one can beat them, but I don't know who's going to. Over in the AFC... I think the Patriots are going to do it, man. I really do. I think the Patriots are going to win the AFC because they're going to get one of the top two seeds. I don't care if the Chiefs do have it. 
Their defense is not good enough for me to want to go in on them. They had their chance to all but solidify the AFC West this weekend after Los Angeles got beat the night before. Sunday night football, they fall to Seattle, 38-31. New England, they can get one of those top two seeds, and it looks like they will right now. That's who I'm picking to go. I'm either going with New England or Houston. Which of those two gets the number two seed, maybe even the number one seed? I'm, yeah, I mean those are good picks. It's hard to go against. It's hard to go against New England, especially yeah. when they're at home, just because of how consistently good they've been at home. Um, and I, I'm gonna have to agree with you with the Saints. I do think the Saints are the best team, um, you know, in the NFC. And if it, it's gonna be so hard to go in there and and win, you know, you think the Rams could probably do it just because they can score so much, but mm-hmm. the Saints can score with anybody. Um, I think what people don't understand with the Saints is their defense is so good. Yeah. You know, Drew Brees gets a lot of credit. You know, Alvin Kamara gets a lot of credit. Mike Thomas is out there. You know, um, Mark Ingram and, and, and company, they get a lot of credit because of how many points they put up. But, um, <clears throat> you know, the defense for the Saints has have, has been really good. I mean, you talk about a, a defense that's number one uh, overall in rushing defense, which is huge when you talk about playoffs. Um, a team, I think they're they're either one of the top teams with takeaways, and you know uh, even passing defense they're up there. They got a really good secondary, a really good defensive line. Um, they got playmakers and and guys that you know when the game's on the line they make plays. You saw it against the Steelers, um, the ball getting ripped out of Juju Smith Schuster's mm-hmm. hands. Um, you know very op- op- opportunistic, <laughs> excuse me, opportunistic defense, um, and and guys that like to take the ball away. So um, it's like like I said. Like you said, the, the, I think the Saints got it in the NFC. In the AFC, I got to stick with San Diego, man. I mm. do. Um, I don't believe in the Chiefs. I never have. I think losing Kareem Hunt was a huge blow mentally for the for the Chiefs. Mm. And um, you know they've kind of been playing all right. Pat Mahomes is kind of, you know, he's kind of came back down back down to earth a little bit. So you're kind of wondering, you know, um, you know, is this is this magic wearing off just a little bit? Who knows? Um, but I think it will be, you know, New England. You know, I think I think San Diego could go into New England, and I think with Philip Rivers in that offense um, and the weapons they have, I think they could really do some damage. The defense is really good too. I think New England, um, as compared to past years, they don't have the playmakers as much mm-hmm. as they used to have. So if it becomes a scoring battle, I think you know with the experience and, and everything that goes along, the San Diego or San Diego, L.A. Chargers. They've been road tested. They've won games on the road. They're a good road team, so I think they have what it takes, especially with Philip Rivers under center, um, to to sneak one. They would have to be a sneak victory. It wouldn't be a blowout victory. It'd be some late heroic type deal, maybe a field goal to win the game. I think uh, the Chargers could do it. Uh, Philip Rivers is the kind of quarterback who can deliver those victories. And I'll say this: I should adjust my picks just a little bit. If the Chargers get the number one seed, they get a first round by even the number two seed. If they get one of those first round buys I would pick them to go to the Super Bowl I think they're good enough they can do that and I think it's a shame that either them or the Chiefs is going to fall down to the number five seed but I don't think they can win three games likely all on the road as the five seed that would be my only drawback for them I think they can win two provided one maybe both of them are at home I don't think they can go on the road three times in the playoffs and win it would be tough it would be tough but I mean man some teams get hot. Some yeah, they teams do. Get confident. You just never know, man. And I agree. I mean, obviously, there's still a lot to be played out, so we're gonna have to see. But I do think, you know, Saints, NFC, Patriots, or Chargers, AFC. I'm gonna lean towards the Chargers. I'm gonna say that's gonna be my Super Bowl prediction. How about this? Before we go to break, let's talk about the teams that still are on the bubble entering the final week of the regular season. Minnesota has got a chance to get in with a victory. Or with a Philadelphia loss, the Eagles need to win, and they need the Vikings to lose in order to jump the Vikings and get in the playoffs. Those two were the top two teams in the NFC last year, and now only one of them is going to make it on the final week of the regular season, kind of limp into the postseason. Minnesota's got Chicago. Philadelphia has the Redskins. Do the Vikings get in? Whether it be they beat the Bears, who still are playing for something, keep in mind they can get a first-round bye with a win and a Rams loss. Or do the Eagles find a way to get in? Do the Bears beat the Vikings and the Eagles take care of business against Washington? I know Washington's kind of reeling right now. Swearinger, uh, one of their best defensive players, mm-hmm. got cut because he questioned the defensive coordinator. Um, you know, that team is, is kind of, I don't know, it's very shaky. Um, Philly with the Super Bowl, obviously victory. Super Bowl hangover a little bit. Um, you know, 
they get they got pride on the line. They got pride on the line, so you know they're going to be playing playing tough. Minnesota has been playing really good, um, and like you said, the Bears still do have something to play for. So you know you're not going to see team players be sat out or anything like that. The Bears are a good team. Um, I would lean towards Philly getting it done mm. and Minnesota not, just because I think the Bears are a better team. Um, you know, I think the Bears beat the Vikings, and I do think Philly is able to beat the Redskins. I, I, I see that happening more than the other way around. I would say this. If it happens that Philadelphia gets in over Minnesota, the better team is going to get left out of the playoffs because if the Vikings were playing anybody other than Chicago, I would totally pick them to win this weekend. I don't know if they're going to beat the Bears. They'll have a shot at doing it, but they're going to have to play probably a near-perfect game in order to do it. We've seen them improve over the last few weeks since they get a new offensive coordinator in Kevin Stefanski. I don't know if that's going to be enough to get them into the postseason, but I do think they're a better team than Philadelphia is this season. If they get left out, it's going to be because they ran into the Chicago Bears in the final week of the season. Yeah, and I mean, that Bears defense, Minnesota coming in, that defense was supposed to be a top defense in the league and obviously um, underperformed for most of the season. But I mean, Kirk Cousins... He would, he would have to play a perfect game, obviously. Mm-hmm. Have we seen him do that yet this season? Not sure we have. I don't think we have seen him play to his potential. You know, There's been games where Kirk Cousins, I think probably one of them was against the Packers, mm-hmm. where he, he looks pretty perfect, and he was hitting all of his throws and, and you know things like that. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't think we has, have seen Kirk Cousins play a perfect game. And uh, another, uh, another defense in the Bears that likes to create turnovers, Khalil Mack's unstoppable. Um, and then that offense has been clicking. So it's going to come down to Trubisky versus Cousins in my eyes and which, which player is going to, to do what it, all the little things and make the plays down the stretch to get that, that game uh, done. But I, if you're a Minnesota Vikings fan, talk about a very disappointing season um, when you talk about having Super Bowl you know, potential or, or aspirations um, to be you know one one and done here in the last week against a very good Bears team that won your conference, uh, I would be kind of I would be kind of uh, nervous about it. About another play-in game. This one's in the AFC South. Game number two fifty-six of two fifty-six in the NFL regular season schedule. It's the final game of the regular season. Sunday night, the Colts square off against the Titans. Winner is into the postseason, and the loser goes home. Colts, they're like the anti-Panthers. They started so slow, and now look at them. They're rolling, firing on all cylinders. Tennessee has looked really good at times, and they've looked really bad at times. A lot of it depends on what kind of line is in front of Mariota. He's not the most flashy quarterback, but he can put up winning numbers. He can give you a chance to win the ball game night in and night out. Andrew Luck has come back from injury marvelously and really hasn't had a whole heck of a lot around him. What do you see from this game? You know, I like – it's hard because Tennessee has a really good defense, but I, I would like to see the Colts win this game. Mm-hmm. Um, I would rather see Andrew Luck in the, in the postseason over mm-hmm. Mariota. Mariota's good, but do I see Tennessee going into the playoffs and, and doing anything? I see them getting beat first round. Um, could the Colts come in and, and, and do some work and, and maybe upset a team in the, in the mm-hmm. playoffs? I, I potentially could see it. Anytime you have Andrew Luck, T.Y. Hilton and company, I know that um, – Eli Rogers, I think, mm-hmm. Rogers for the Colts, uh, second uh, receiver they've had to kind of step up. And, and, you know, you have Ebron, if, if healthy, he's good, and and a couple good running backs that I have no idea, you know, where they came from. So um, I do like, and that defense is pretty good. Um, they got some good linebackers there, um, and um, the secondary is not not too bad. Malik Hooker is a, a stud in the back end. So I mean, I would I'd rather see Indianapolis go to the playoffs. So I'm going to say Indianapolis wins this one. Jake Durant from CBS Marquette in studio with us. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back. Each of them have a couple of their biggest games in recent memory coming up this weekend. The University of Michigan and the Pittsburgh Steelers are kind of in the same boat, and we'll tell you why after this on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen, weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Welcome back to the Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Don't forget, Pigskin Payday's back. Pick the winner of each week's game to win. Play all season long for the $100,000 grand prize only to Jibway Casino, Barriga, and Marquette. Tanner Hoops with you. We're joined by Jake Durant. He's from CBS Marquette. We we'll talked about the Steelers and the Wolverines before the break. Each of them have some pretty important games coming up this weekend. And they're both 
in a similar situation regarding their head coach. Both of them have fan bases that are very outspoken that they're not satisfied with the job that their coach is doing right now. Jim Harbaugh from Michigan, Mike Tomlin for the Steelers. You have a lot of those fans that are calling for the firings of those. Not all of them, but there's a pretty good number from each of them that despite the success that each team has had over the last few years, there's a pretty good number that are calling for those two coaches to be fired. The Steelers need to win on Sunday, and they need the Cleveland Browns to beat Baltimore in order to get into the playoffs. Otherwise, they would have to go through a whole mess to try and get the wild card. It would be a lot easier if they can win and Cleveland can take care of business themselves and give Pittsburgh another AFC North title. Michigan, obviously the season didn't go how they wanted it to. They had such high expectations entering the Ohio State game. Couldn't get it done there, and they find themselves at 10-2 and going into the Peach Bowl without a couple of key starters. So they get set to take on Florida, a team that they've done very well against in the past. It's a game that maybe a lot of Michigan fans aren't as excited for, considering what might have been, but it's a game that means a lot for the franchise, for the program, what have you, because it's going to set the tone for the future. You have a team that has an opportunity to finish strong, to see how they can rebound after a devastating loss at Ohio Stadium. I see these two teams, programs, franchises, what have you, in a very similar situation. They aren't at the bar that's been set for them. Both of them have been very successful, but... They have very high standards for themselves, and their fans don't feel that they've reached it. If either of those were to make a change at the head coaching position, would it A, be the right move, and B, who would they possibly get that would be an upgrade? I mean, Mike Tomlin, the only guy who's won more in the NFL than him in the last five years is Belichick. Jim Harbaugh... I mean, Brady Hoke was coaching this team how long ago. Jim Harbaugh's taking them in the right direction, just not as quickly as the fans would want. Right. And, you know, when I, when I think about it and, you know, you see the coaching landscape in the NFL and you think of Mike Tomlin and, and just the job he's done and, and really when, when you talk about NFL coaching, you know, you're looking for consistency. You're looking to always have that shot to be in the playoffs, to to be able to, you know, play for a Super Bowl year in and year out. And Mike Tomlin's been doing that in Pittsburgh since he's gotten there. He's a Super Bowl champion, you know, almost won two Super Bowls. Um, Green Bay was able to knock him out in that mm-hmm. one. Um, I don't see anyone better than Mike Tomlin out on the market right now. I mean, um, you know, he's been criticized for being soft, uh, being a bad play caller, not managing games. Um, but yet they're still in most of these games. You know, they've lost – handful of games you know because of just one or two bad plays um you know they still have a shot at the playoffs i think if they do get in the playoffs i don't think anybody wants to play them mm-hmm. because how much talent they have um but you know if, if they get rid of tomlin who are you going to bring in i mean the the problem with this team is they have a lot of star players a lot of outspoken players that you know bring a lot of drama to the team you would need a very strong personality i don't see a college coach wanting to step into a, a situation like that where you're dealing with you know antonio brown in the media you know um, questions about your your quarterback ben roethlisberger retiring each and every year um and things like that so you know, I don't see a college coach coming in. Who do you get? You know, can you get a vet coach that wants to come in? You know, and would would they be able to do a better job? I don't mm-hmm. see that. You know, you see Green Bay uh, talking to um, Jeff Caldwell. Um, you know, Chuck Pagano. Those are type of type of guys. You know, no, none of those guys are better than better than uh, Mike Tomlin. I, I mean, and then you see these offensive coordinators you're talking about when the Eric Benemies of the world. Are they going to come and do a better job? I don't. I don't. I don't see it. So I don't. I don't see it. there's a better option right now for Mike Tomlin. This is this year. There's a. It's a not a great crop of head. You know, coaching candidates mm-hmm. this year as of years past. There's not any clear cut uh, head coaches that you know are, are home runs in my eyes. Anyways, the more and more I think about it. So I think if you're Pittsburgh, you, you stick with what you got and try to roll with Mike Tomlin. When you talk about Michigan, obviously, yeah, Jim Harbaugh hasn't gotten it done against Ohio State and some of his biggest rivals, but. Um, you know, he's, he's recruiting well. They have, they've had really good, uh, draft classes, you know, at some point he's got to get over this hump, mm-hmm. you know, you stuck with them this long. Why would you jump ship right now? 
Um, you know, he's gotten a couple of recruiting cycles in. He's still bringing in top talent from across the, the U.S. So um, I think you got to stick with Jim Harbaugh and, and, and play this one out and see what he can do. I think I don't think that you can bring somebody in that, that's going to be able to keep it and, and take it to the next level. I just don't. Because do you really want to go back to guys like Brady Hoke? Do you want to get into the revolving door of mediocre coaches? You've got a guy that's proven he can win really well. I mean, take the example – of the Nebraska Cornhuskers with Bo Pelaney a few years ago. I know he was a volatile personality. You don't necessarily have that with Harbaugh, but he was going 9-3 and three every year, and that wasn't good enough for them. And now they get another 4-8, and 5-7 and seven type season, despite bringing in the golden boy. They got the guy they wanted, and he still couldn't turn the program around in one season. He will eventually. Scott Frost is going to do big things over there in Nebraska, but it's a process, and that's what a lot of these teams have got to understand. But I'm with you with teams like Pittsburgh, with schools like Michigan. They might not be achieving success as fast as they would like, the front office, the fans, whoever they entails. But who are you going to get that's going to be better? I mean, are you willing to downgrade as a head coach just to prove a point, to say this is going to be our standard, so let's cut ties with Jim Harbaugh, let's cut ties with Mike Tomlin just to prove this is our standard? It didn't work for Nebraska. I can't imagine that this would be a thing other teams are considering. Exactly. I mean, you talk about a window closing. Do you want to be the, the one who shuts it mm-hmm. and has to restart? Um, I don't think you want to do that as as an organization or, or a pro school program. Um you know, I know, you know, there's a lot of pressure from the outside to, to make changes, especially when things aren't going your way. But, I mean, you're still right there. You're still in the top ten when you're Michigan for most of the season. You're still just one game away. You know, when you're talking about Pittsburgh, yeah, you you know, you, you, you haven't just bullied your way into the playoffs or anything like that, but you're still right there. You're still in the conversation. Without Le'Veon. Without Le'Veon Bell, you know, and – and James Conner's been hurt the last couple of weeks, but you're still right there. You just went to New Orleans and, you know, very well should have won a game against the top team in the NFC um, on the road in that environment. So, I mean, you're right there, you know. You can't really do much better. I'm sorry. I just don't see it. You know, you're you're right there. You're, you're right on the cusp. Why would you want to make a change and, and blow that up and potentially, you know, have to restart, hit the restart button when you don't want to? Jake Durant from CBS Marquette is in studio with us. Looking around the NFL landscape, looking ahead to April, breaking news came out of Eugene, Oregon yesterday where Oregon Ducks quarterback Justin Herbert announced that he will be returning for his senior season. He is not going to go to the NFL draft as previously speculated. He was projected to be the top quarterback taken in the draft. So I'll say this, that means that unless the New York Giants trade up to get Dwayne Haskins, Eli Manning will be Big Blue's quarterback for at least one more season because I don't think that there's any quarterback in the draft that the Giants are going to go in on if it's not a guy like Dwayne Haskins or Justin Herbert and one's not available anymore. The Giants got a little bit of a winning streak here as of late, so draft position certainly isn't what it was looking like it was going to be around week five this season. So Dwayne Haskins is suddenly the hottest quarterback commodity in this year's draft class where... There's not a whole lot of uh, not a whole lot of quarterback talent, at least when we look at last year, because last year was quarterback rich. Right. I mean, this. I mean, if you compare last year to this year, I mean, it's night and day. Mm-hmm. You know, you're. You know, Dwayne Haskins. Don't get me wrong. He did a fine job at Ohio State. You know, has a big arm, big body. Do I think he's going to be a good quarterback in the NFL? I don't. Re- I don't know. I don't really know. Um, when you talk about the Giants, it's hard to argue because they got Saquon Barkley. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a special talent. He's going to be their running back for years and years and years. Um, but, yeah, it, it's looking more and more like you're going to be stuck with Eli for another year. I mean, this draft class is really defensive heavy. So if you're the Giants, do you work on that defense a little more and, um, you know, just, just see what happens next year with Eli? Maybe he makes a spectacular, you know, comeback. They have been playing better, like you said. How much more in the tank do you have? But at some point, you got to take a quarterback. Um, you know, if you look ahead to next year, Herbert will be back. Um, do you think you're going to be better? You know, where are you going to be positioned in the draft? You know, all these are questions you got to answer. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what they do. Um, you know, they have Odell Beckham. 
you know, he's getting older. I'm not saying mm-hmm. he's, you know, over the hill or anything like that. But I mean, you know, you know, he's getting into his his career a little bit. Saquon's going to be there. Um, maybe you work on just fortifying the lines again, and then at some point, you know, draft a quarterback that you might think fits your system. But it's going to be interesting to see. Herbert gone. I, I'm not really excited right now. I don't know if it's just too early about this draft class, but normally I'm excited about players coming out and I'm looking and I have favorites and I'm like, oh, you know, my team needs to pick up this guy. And I'm usually on. I'm not going to say, mm-hmm. you know, I, everyone says that. But um, right now it's just like, okay, outside of Bosa, Nick Bosa, who are you really excited for? There's a lot of solid players, but is there a lot of playmakers? There's not a lot of offensive weapons that excite me. Um, you know, A.J. Brown out of Mrs. Ole Miss, Mississippi, is a, is a guy that might be, be somebody. But there's not really any quarterbacks. There's not really any great receivers that are clear-cut number one favorites. It's just defense. So we're going to have to see what, what, uh, what they do, what the Giants do. I, I, and for all of you out there that don't know, I kind of root for the Giants. You mm-hmm. know, I'm, I'm not like a huge Giants fan, but like they're one of those second teams where I'm just like, okay, let's go you know, New York. So I'm rooting for them. I hope they pull it together. Let me ask you this before we go to break. If you're the New York Giants, do you take any other quarterback than Dwayne Haskins? Or do you take Dwayne Haskins? Give me your thoughts on what the Giants should be doing. If you were Wellington Mara and you're the Giants front office making this decision. I mean, I, I say if, if he's there, I, I wouldn't trade up for him. Mm-hmm. I don't think I, I, would, I would do that. I would, if he's there, if he somehow falls to you, I would look at, like, as a sign like we're going to take this guy. I mean, Dwayne Haskins, he's played in big games. He's played well in big games. He's played well under pressure. Um, you know, like I said, he has a big arm. I could totally see him bombing it deep to Odell. You know, he seems like a smart guy. You know, he played at Ohio State. Every game's huge at Ohio State under Urban Meyer. Um, you know, has Urban Meyer's quarterbacks translate well to the, to the NFL? I, I, I don't know. Um, but he seems to have all the tools that you want. And, you know, maybe bring him in and, and get the best out of Eli you can and slowly integrate him. I, that would be a nice little combo there. Haskins, mm-hmm. Odell, and, and Saquon on the offense. I think that would be great. Mm-hmm. Shepard, um, Ingram. I mean, that's a pretty, pretty good offense if, if he could be anything that they think he might be. Um, talking about Haskins um, in the NFL. I think that's great. Or do you wait? Do you wait another year? It's, it's hard. It's, it's a hard decision. I think if you're there and he's just there, I mean, and, and it's, it's screaming at you, mm-hmm. you pull the trigger and, and you take him. But I don't think he move up for him. Not this year. Do you consider taking any other quarterback besides him? I don't know. Not definitely. I mean, maybe in the later rounds you might mm-hmm. try to pick somebody up, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't like make it a top priority. I would work on that defense a little bit more, work on that offensive line a little bit more, and just you know, when ready and you get that guy, kind of bring him over. Joe Flacco might be out there. Joe Flacco could be out there. Joe Flacco might be out there. That wouldn't be a bad pickup. Have Lake Bortles could be out there. That would be a ter- terrible, pick, terrible pickup. Don't do that. Don't He'll be do that. out there. Joe Flacco, you know, you could you could put a Band-Aid over this for one more year. You could. Um, I know New York Giants fans don't want to hear that, but, uh, you know, don't rush it. You know, you don't want to rush it. Take a guy, have him, you know, put all your eggs in that basket, have him fail, and then miss an opportunity on getting another guy. So, um, when you're the Giants, you're kind of patient. I think you got to be patient with this um, because you missed out on a really good year last mm-hmm. year. Because all those guys, I mean, it's crazy all those guys, how they panned out. I mean, I don't think a team really has lost in that. When you talk about the Jets with, with Darnold and Mayfield and, and guys like that, I mean, all these, Lamar Jackson, I mean, wow, that was a good year. Jake Durant from CBS Marquette in studio with us. We owe you another timeout. We'll come back. We'll break down the cancellation of a bowl game. And the World Junior Hockey Tournament dropped the puck last night in Vancouver. That's up next in the Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. The Sports Pen is brought to you in part by Ojibwe Casino, Barriga, and Marquette. The big skin payday is back. Pick the winner of each week's game to win. Play all season long for the $100,000 grand prize only at Ojibwe Casino, Barriga, and Marquette. Tanner Hoops, Jake Durant in studio with us. Here is your Sports Center update. LeBron James has been voted the Associated Press Male Athlete of the Year. The top five includes Mookie Betts, Alexander Ovechkin, Patrick Mahomes, and Justify the Racehorse. Meanwhile, the Minnesota Twins have signed six-time All-Star Nelson Cruz to a one-year deal worth $14 million. That includes a club option for 2020. And finally, Notre Dame defensive line coach, former Michigan Wolverine Mike Elston, has admitted that every time one of his linemen records a quarterback sack, 
they receive a special batch of his wife Beth's cookies. That's my favorite one. That's motivation right That's there. That's motivation. I don't know what Beth Elston puts in her cookies, but it has been working for the Notre Dame Fighting Irish this season. Two years ago, they were 4-8. and eight. They had three sacks the entire season. That was 65th out of 65 among Power 5 teams. Two years later, they are combined 22-3, and three, and they're in the college football playoffs. So, man, those cookies really make things happen, don't they? It's got to be the cookies, and I, I mean, it's got to be some good coaching, man. man. Maybe he's just a really good coach. Maybe it is. I, I was sad losing Mike Elko a few years ago. Brian Van Gorder, I was not sad to see get lost on Notre Dame, but very happy that they found Mike Elston and the job that he's been able to do. So Notre Dame playing for a college football playoff and a few of their defensive linemen playing for a batch of Beth Elston cookies. Tanner Hoops and Jake Durant with you in the studio on Thursday afternoon. The sports pen right here on ESPN-UP. Well, yesterday, one of the more strange occurrences in college football we had a bowl game get canceled, a bowl game end in a tie. Everybody hated it so much in the NFL, they decided to do it in college. The first responders bowl between Boise State and Boston College, it was played in Texas, was halted due to lightning, eventually canceled, and they said they weren't going to make it up. If anything, do we have any other takeaway from this than bowl games outside of New Year's Six games and the college football playoff are completely useless, meaningless. There's so many of them, they don't really do anything anymore. They're participation trophies, and we can get mad at players for skipping them because they don't want to hurt themselves in a meaningless game. And the NCAA decides to literally skip a bowl on itself, so why should we be mad at the players for doing it? Right, I mean, I... I looked at it as like I kind of felt for the for the senior players on the mm-hmm. team, you know, the guys that wanted to play in that game, that were that were looking forward to playing in that game, um, and, and closing out out their season. Um, just a weird. I mean, they just were just like, you know what? Let's not even deal with this. I would rather deal with the backlash of, you know, giving refunds for the tickets mm-hmm. and things like that. Um, maybe look for, look into just not having these these games outdoors. I mean, especially these smaller bowls. Just just have them, you know, make make them indoors so you don't have to deal with this. Um, Got to feel for the families that want to watch their their children and and family members play for the last time. The seniors, um, but it was just it was just weird. I mean, they played nine minutes. You go there, you prep all all this time. You know, you get hyped up for the game. You go out there, uh, a very physical game to start start things out. Um, you know, you get a touchdown. And shouldn't have Boston College have won that game? <laughs> they were ahead 7 nothing. Yeah, I'm up 7 nothing. And A.J. Dillon had a rushing touchdown. That moved him into eighth all-time in Golden Eagle history. Does that get wiped away? I don't know. I mean, I, I, I would be like, I did that. I mean, mm-hmm. it was in-game. I would I'd fight that it doesn't get wiped away. But, um, yeah, I mean, I look at these bowls. You know, I see them on TV. I'm just like, you know, decent teams. I get it, but I'm not watching these bowls, man. No. I'm just not. They just don't interest me. They're during the day. They're just like, you know on a day where you're just kind of just like, what is happening? You know, Christmas just got over. It's just like, oh, I don't know, man. I, I just don't – they're not interesting. That's why, I'm, you know, the system is flawed. You know, there's so many so many games where it's just like whatever. And, uh, you know, unfortunately for those players, you, you played for nine minutes. And for those seniors, what an abrupt ending to your season and career. We don't need – Six and six teams playing seven and five teams in the Bad Boy Motors Gasparilla Bowl. That's my opinion. I don't know if it's a popular one or not, but I mean, did you see the Cheez It Bowl last night? Right as I got back in the car, got off my flight, I listened to the end of the Cheez It Bowl that we had here on ESPN Radio and ESPN UP. And that game was so bad that if you cut the box score in half and you looked at TCU stats without looking at Cal's and then you looked at Cal's without looking at TCU's you would guess that whichever one you looked at was losing 65 to nothing and in reality it was a 10-7 overtime victory for TCU that was such a bad football game it's hard to believe that at one point Andy Dalton led the Horned Frogs to the Rose Bowl or Jared Goff was lighting up the Cal offense three seasons ago and it was such a far cry but in the end TCU wins it all they come away with all the Cheez-Its in the Cheez-It Bowl which is one of my favorite names by the way favorite logo too yeah I mean 
they I mean they're doing a lot. I mean, you see these ridiculous names. I mean, they're trying to build a little bit of of spotlight on these games, you know, and things like that. But yeah, I mean, I didn't tune in honestly. I I would rather I watch the you. Pistons game to be honest. Um, I did not tune into that game, and um, you know, it just it seems like the quality. There's too much games that just aren't of quality mm-hmm. when you talk about how the system's going, and and that's why I'm pushing for that that new system. You know, hopefully in the future future with with the playoffs expanding, that'd be great. To go back on that cheese at bowl, the two teams featured four quarterbacks between them. They combined for eight interceptions. It was really, really. I mean, bad. if you like defense, if you, if like, you turnovers, like defense, I like turnovers. I'm a defensive guy. I like I like when defenses are playing to their potential, especially when you're talking about turning the ball over. Like, there's nothing that gets me going more in a, in a football game than like a pick six. I don't know what it is. I don't know if there's pick six, but if I mean, if you're, you're there's a lot of interceptions. I'm I'm for it, but. Gotta love offense, too. Gotta love offense. At some point, offense has got to kick in and rule the day. I don't want to go too hard on Cal, though, because one of my good friends just committed to play outside linebacker there. So congratulations to him. I ordered his jersey, by the way. Nice. That's cool. If you see a Cal number 8 jersey, it's not Aaron Rodgers. That's probably Mm going to be what I'm going to get out of it, but... (laughs) Hey, man, that's a good number to wear. That's all right. That's all right. If you play at Cal, 8 would be the jersey to wear. Once again, Jake Duran is in the studio with us. While we're on the subject of bowl games, I still don't know what Belk is. Do you? No. Does anybody have any idea what Belk is? They have a funny account. No, like I whoever don't. runs their Twitter account does a good job. Yeah. I always wonder who, who runs the Twitter accounts of, of some of these major mm-hmm. companies. I mean, there must be a lot of pressure with every tweet, but... You know, it's, especially when you talk about like the fast food chains and things like that. I mean, it would be so fun to 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 be the voice of of these major companies. It'd be a lot of pressure, but yeah, I mean, you see these companies really trying to step up their Twitter game. So, uh, you know, if you're a good tweeter out there, you might have a job with with a company. That'd be cool. Wendy's does a good job. Whoever runs theirs, they're one that comes to mind. A few of these social media. Oh, who's the who's the one I'm thinking of? Taco Bell. They always seem to do good ones. Yeah, like I said, the fast food companies seem to really mm-hmm. kind of uh, enter each other's territory, and it's all fun and games, obviously. But yeah, I mean, it's so fun watching that on on Twitter. We're up against a break, but I want to sneak in the World Junior Hockey Championships because it kicked off last night. I should say they dropped the puck on it last night in Vancouver. The United States has won this tournament the last two years in a row. They start off with a 2-1 victory over Slovakia. Got off to a little bit of a slow start, but they scored two goals in the first six minutes of the third period to win it. Mikey Anderson, the captain, the defenseman, by the way, I love defensemen who can score. He does it 70 seconds into the third period, tied the game up. And then Evan Barrett, who is the leading scorer in all of college hockey right now, ends up getting the winner. 2-1, the U.S. takes down Slovakia. Other tournament games from last night, Switzerland falling in overtime to the Czech Republic, 2-1. Finland? Falling darts rivals Sweden 2-1. The Finns get a goal late, but they aren't able to get it done. Canada runs wild over Denmark. They win 14-0 in a hockey game last night. Doesn't surprise me. Ouch. Canada doesn't take it easy on Denmark. No, Canada. I mean, of their 23 guys they brought with them to Vancouver, about 20 of them have already been drafted. That's insane. That is insane. They're a good team. They're a good team. They always are. But the U.S. has had their number the last couple of years. We're hoping that can continue on. But this is going to be a fun tournament to see how it all plays out. The U.S. off today. They're back in action tomorrow taking on Kazakhstan. They will play Finland tonight at 1030 in their opener. Other games, Russia takes on Denmark this afternoon. Actually, they just dropped the puck. Slovakia and Sweden gets going at 630. 8 o'clock, Switzerland takes on the host, Canada. Once again, Jake Duran in studio with us. We're up against another timeout, so we'll take it now. We'll come back. Question of the day, Jake. If you were in a crisis, you had to pick one NFL quarterback to rescue you, who would it be? Our answers. We'll get some reaction from the fans maybe on the other side of this break on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Welcome back to The Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Don't forget, Pigskin Payday's back. Pick the winner of each week's game to win. Play all season long for the $100,000 grand prize only at Ojibwe Casino, Barriga, and Marquette. Tanner Hoops with you. We're joined by Jake Duran. He's from CBS Marquette, winding down to the 5 o'clock hour. We are glad that you're with us as always. Good to be back here on the Sports Pen as we get a little bit closer to New Year's. 
Jake, question of the day was, which NFL quarterback, if you were in a crisis, would you trust to save your life? I think you and I are kind of on the same track. But if you had to entrust yourself with any quarterback's life, we can go through the process of elimination. Would it be Case Keenum or Jameis Winston? They might be the lowest two on my list. Yeah, I, I, you know, I don't trust the decision-making of both Case Keenum no. and Jameis Winston. You know, you could really look at how they play football in this situation. Um, turnover prone, uh, guys that, you know, don't really do well under pressure. Mm -hmm. So both of those guys, um, without a supporting cast, they can't really do much. Um, so I'm going to have to eliminate both of them. I would not trust. I think key word here is trust, and I don't trust either of those guys. I want to trust Phillip Rivers, but I I don't think he's not the one that I would pick out of everybody. Ben Roethlisberger, I just wouldn't pick for that situation. <laughs> Tom Brady is a guy that I feel like would turn his back on me if I were in a crisis just because Giselle told him to because he might risk getting hurt or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, all those guys. Um, I mean, Tom Brady, you know, he's, he's very mentally strong. Mm -hmm. You know, I think he could really, um, really do a good job in, in a, a situation of crisis. But, I mean, he's old, you know. He's mm -hmm. getting old. He's frail, you know. I, I guess it depends what crisis we're talking about. No. You know, if, if I'm in a burning building, who's going to come in and save mm -hmm. me? I don't see Tom Brady uh, getting there in time. Who are you picking if you had to pick one NFL quarterback? Is it Blaine Gabbert? No. No, it wouldn't be for no, me either. No, not Blaine Gabbert. You know, it's really hard. I, you know, I, I've been thinking about this not, not very long. But I think the key word here is trust. Mm-hmm. Who do I trust to do it? And there's one guy that came to mind. I'm going to have to go Russell Wilson, man. Mm, I like Think that. Think about it. I like that you a know, lot. He, he's just a guy. He's just a really good guy. Seems to have a good head on his shoulders. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, very, you know, athletic, can do, do, do a lot of things. You know, under pressure, he's good. He's a really good leader. Um, he's just a guy that seems to have it all together. And I just he's just a guy in a crisis. I think he wouldn't panic. He would be able to figure things out, critically think very well. And he's just such a nice guy, mm -hmm. you know, that I think he would do whatever it took to, to rescue me from a crisis. So I'm going to have to go with Russell Wilson in this one. I just think he's he's my top choice just because of the fact that he's just a good guy. He is a good guy. <laughs> I'd pick him. I could pick Cam Newton. Because Superman. He's, yeah, he's Superman for a reason. He's got the physique where I feel like he would be able to – Help me out of a crisis situation. <laughs> the other guy I really want to throw up there is Andrew Luck. I feel like he's he's the most positive guy in the NFL. He would try his darndest to save somebody in a crisis situation. Plus, you know, you get to hear him talk when he saves you. Right, yeah. I, I could definitely see Andrew Luck breaking through a wall for you. Um, you know, he he gets knocked down and he jumps up and, you know, he's, he's smiling, laughing about it. So he's just a guy, another guy that, you know, he, he takes adversity and he fights through it and he doesn't give up. So, I mean, those are all guys that are determined um, players and, and determined people that, you know, are mentally tough and, and yeah, guys who just excel. And um, if you told me there's one person that, you know, that could save me, it would be, you know, an NFL quarterback just because of all those, those attributes that they hold. I would like to think Baker Mayfield would, and I think he would try. I don't think he'd get it done for whatever reason. I just don't think he would. <laughs> no, man, he would. He would come in there too cocky with it, um, try to do something crazy, and he would end up. He would end up getting, getting himself in, in trouble. We wouldn't see Baker Mayfield coming in and saving you. Um, he would do something crazy. Uh, you know, he. I don't know what he would do, but he would be like, I could just go do this, and yeah, I don't see him. I don't see him saving you. Last question of the day before we get back to real sports. Pretend you're Jack Doyle, your Andrew Luck's best friend, tight end for the Indianapolis Colts. Would Andrew Luck be, he'd be a good friend. He'd be a good guy to have around, good guy you could count on, have in your corner. But at some point, would he get too positive you wouldn't like being friends with him anymore? He seems like he's kind of that way, like he could rub some guys the wrong way if he wasn't a good athlete. Right. Yeah, I mean, at some point, it could be too much. It'd be like, okay, dude. Stop putting on this like facade. Like we, we we get it. You're you know you're a positive guy. You know I want to see a little negative negativity out of you. I want to see a little fire, some edge, man. Um, I could see that happening, but I mean you always want to have some good people around you. I mean if they if, if at heart you're a good person. I mean those are the type of people you want around you, and it's the type of people you want to lead your team. And obviously the, the Colts are responding this season, um, and and Luck showing he's a leader. He's fought through a lot in his career, man. You know in injuries and stuff. 
So you got to be rooting for a guy like that. Jake Durant once again is in the studio with us out of CBS Marquette. Last time that we'll have on here before New Year's, you doing anything fun? Um, I'm probably gonna get do some some things, man. You know, probably go ha- have a have a drink or two. I don't know if I should be saying that on air, yeah. but I mean, um, you know, go out with some friends and just just hang out and uh, yeah, man, just kind of ring in the new New Year the right way and uh, yeah, I, you know, just like any young person would do, just kind of celebrate ringing in the new year. It's been a good 2018. I'll like mm-hmm. I'll say that. Um, a good year in sports. I wish you know some of my teams did a little bit better, but I'm um, looking forward to 2019. Bigger things. Uh, we got the sports zone starting up, season two, yeah. January 6th. So make sure to tune in to uh, CBS for that. We're going to be you know doing it bigger, better than ever. Um, high school boys and girls basketball is going to be our focus. So uh, we're going to dive deep, deep into the to the sport here coming up. Um, you know we've been covering games here and there, but I think we're gonna we're gonna definitely bring a different perspective to to you know high school basketball up here well and jake's invited me on a few times so if you want to tune into that be yeah. sure to do so it'll be amateur hour but i'm excited hey join listen you. hey listen you guys you want to see tanner hoop uh tanner hoops on tv doing it a little differently mm-hmm. man um i'm definitely gonna you know tanner definitely you're invited to come on and and you know do some segments i know you're you're a westwood uh guy so you, you know come in and give us some insight on westwood that'd be great you know we're gonna get a lot of people involved you know a lot of the sports writers are gonna come on give some insight so it's gonna be a team effort and then uh, we also are gonna hit some practices obviously we're gonna cover the games and and find some unique players and stuff like that and and the shootout challenge mm. is, is a thing coming back um if you haven't seen the show i do this little i invite some players on 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 set and we do a little game and uh, last season i didn't win one single time so uh, it's comeback season so gonna look forward to getting some of the, the brightest biggest stars in both boys and girls basketball on air to to see what uh co- kind of competitive fire they bring to that you know kids don't want to come on on tv and lose you know they're very competitive so uh, i gotta step up my game this season were you a basketball player in high school? Did I you was. have any practice? Well, you were. All right. I was. I, well, I played for uh, Mar- for Mar- Marquette Senior High School. Hey, there you go. So do you still have it? Did you put up a fight in those? Listen, I put up a fight. I lost very close. Uh, there there was some. I know Maddie Kosky, she came on, and mm-hmm. I think she had the highest score of the season. I mean, absolutely destroyed me. Um, remember her coming in. She's super quiet. Um, and her dad, Jared, that you know very well, yeah. came on and and you know they both played me a little bit i felt like i felt like you know they were both really quietly confident so i was like all right i got this and she just i mean just destroyed me um marius grazulis from marquette was on he we, he had a very good uh we had a very good match uh, he didn't tuck, have to he didn't post you up did he no he didn't post me up good, but i mean he had the whole life he, he had the long arms man it was un, it was unfair it was it wasn't even fair man uh, you know i gotta rethink these rules uh tucker and tiara taylor came on mm. um, from gwen uh a lot of the the top girls from Ishpeming came on, um, as well. Um, I, you know, I want to I want to try to get some guys outside of Marquette County if we can. You know, it's hard to get them to come in and travel, but it, I mean, if we can, I'm going to try to do that. Or maybe I'll bring the game to them this season. We'll see. Oh, you can always invite Nava Eccles, Isaiah Johnson, if you really want to get beat. I mean, have the Northern guys come. Hey, in. hey, if they want to, I, I invited Charles Belt, the assistant coach. From oh, Northern yeah, on. he's been on the show you know, before. I, yeah, he's been on the show here, and and you know, get some insight. Um, you know what? You know, I want to get some insight on on him, just on on high school basketball in general in the mm-hmm. area. I think that'd be kind of cool to to get on and, and have something, or maybe I'll just go to him and, and do something around that. But yeah, it's gonna be a good season, man. It's gonna be a good season, a good year. Looking forward to 2019. Tell you what, we are out of time. We are going to send it over to New York. We are heading out to Yankee Stadium in the Pinstripe Bowl. We will have live coverage of Wisconsin taking on Miami right here on ESPN-UP along with the rest of the ESPN radio affiliates all across America. That game will kick off in about 15 minutes. We'll send you for the pregame show. Join it in progress. Jake, as always, thanks for being here, my man. Happy New Year. In case I don't see you until then, look forward to next week. Happy New Year. Thanks for having me. All right, that's it for us. We'll send you out to New York here on ESPN-UP, WZAM, Ishpeming Marquette.